Welcome to Cab World, first off the rank for news, reviews and interviews from the world of taxi, private hire and chauffeur. Welcome to episode number four. Coming up, we have our news section and in the news section we're going to cover government support for COVID-affected drivers. Uh, we have a piece on age restrictions of vehicles, CCTV, drivers and self-isolation slash quarantine and also fair dodging in Dundee in particular, and uh, a piece on the fight against uh, fair dodging, followed by the what's on section, which covers events in the UK. So before we get into the news section, it's great to see that a number of downloads is increasing, William. I think we've done a little bit of analysis on this. Not too deep a dive, but it's good to see uh, that the number of downloads is is steadily on an upward curve. And we've got plans for the podcast to become even more interactive. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a good opportunity to get some additional voices on the programme rather than just uh, your voice and mine. Yeah, I believe we've also got an audience coming onto our Facebook page as well and asking some questions and bringing a few um, ideas to um, what they would like to see and hear on the podcast. Brilliant. So we are recording this podcast uh, during the latest COVID lockdown uh, during January 2021. So this is still very much the story that affects uh, our trade. It's just um, completely dominating our world as well as everyone else's world. Without further ado, we'll get into the news, uh, which starts off with the story of a Glasgow taxi driver, a black cab driver called uh, Harry McKeon, uh, and he's recorded um, a video with his plea for help after making just £18 in a day, a whole day of work during the national lockdown. And Harry was left close to tears after working 8.5 hours with less than £20 to show for it. So really pretty poor. Uh, and we've got the audio from uh, Harry right here, uh, which I'm just about to play. Here we are again. Harry McKean, taxi owner, operator, second day in a row. Uh, nearly three hours now. I've been out, not one higher. Yesterday, done a total of eight and a half hours shift and recorded £18.60 earnings. I'm now going to go home and discuss with the wife what way we go forward to be handed the taxi back. I try and get another job, which would seem highly unlikely. We needed help last year. We still need it even more now. And this Scottish administration or whatever they are have not put their hand in their pocket once they help us out. And uh, the only help we have received is from the, the Westminster Chancellor, Mr. Sunak. Whilst it's been a great help, it's not been enough. We need more. I know there are other people out there in the same role, but we are not a fixed premise. We can't apply for those grants. We still want a fixed cost, a cost of about £1,000 a month between taxi payments, insurance and running costs. Now I need to decide whether to give that up and try and get another job or go into arrears with other payments. We don't know how we're going to go. So I'm asking, I'm now begging for somebody somewhere within Holyrood local council anywhere to start looking at it seriously 
and getting us some sort of serious grant because we can't afford any more loans. We don't have the earning capacity to pay for them. And even further down the line, we're just going to run up debt that we can't afford and people just can't afford to give us the, the credit these days. So I'm begging you councillors, MSPs out there, take a serious look at this industry and get some help out there because we have fixed costs as well as fixed premises. Uh, owners do as well. Thank you. I personally, I know Harry McKean. Nice guy, great guy, hard-working guy, family to keep. You know, it just beggars belief that the Scottish government said, wait, what was it, the December 9th or somewhere about there, that they were going to get some money, 19 million to, to go to the taxi trade, and they would look at it in January. I, I, I just don't get that. I, I just don't understand why it wasn't done immediately. It's not rocket science to go and find out who the licensed taxi drivers are, give the money to the local councils, get out to them before Christmas. It's all right for, you know, MPs and councillors and everybody else sitting with a wage packet coming in every month thinking, do you know what? It doesn't matter. We'll do this later. They were now in, what, the 12th of January, and they're still not a penny coming out of taxi drivers. I, I, I've spoken to some of the guys, Loki. Honestly, I've spoken to some of the guys. They, they don't want to go for loans. Some of them won't get any loans because they've missed the last three or four payments of their vehicles because they don't have the money to pay it. Them that want to go for loans are saying, if I go for a loan, I don't have the money to repay it. I'm, I've not got any money coming in to repay these loans. Taxi drivers are going to food banks. Can you believe that in this day and age that taxi drivers are going to try and get food banks to feed their family? Hmm. Well, hmm. all these MPs and what yeah. have you sitting in Edinburgh and what have you are just doing nothing about it. Doing absolutely nothing. Shocking. Well, I think it's fair to see that, that tensions are, are, are definitely rising. And I think it's one thing to hear anecdotal stories about, you know, nameless individuals and, and what might be happening. But when you can when you can see this um this video from from Harry, it's a very personal message about his own experience and it's very difficult to ignore. Everyone knows that our costs go up in December and January. Uh and I think there should have been more effort put into trying to give our sector some financial assistance in advance of of the Christmas and, and New Year period, not after it. So, you know, I think I think Harry's potentially typical of taxi drivers out there. Um, I don't know what your view on that, Willie, is, but I think Harry is far from being uh, alone. And, you know, there, there must be hundreds or thousands of drivers with yeah. a very similar story to tell. Lucky when you're working for eight and a half hours for eighteen and a half pound, it's just a beggar's belief. And they still get fuel to take off that. He's got insurance. So even if he quits it today, the insurance company's going to come after him for his monthly payment. The finance company's going to come after payments for his vehicle. It's never ending. He's got to do something because if he doesn't put his vehicle through a test, then he's going to lose his plates. But he's not earning mm -hmm. the money yeah. to pay for these things. And not just Harry, but all, all these guys out there. I see them sitting there. And you cannot move around supermarkets for black hackneys sitting outside them now because they're just desperate to get any higher that's going. And I can understand the guys that have just hung up their badge and, you know, guys that actually just drove the taxis 
I've basically hung up the badge and chased to the owner as well. I'm sorry, but I'm going home. There's no money to be made here. Some of them are running about. I think it was yourself that said to me, you see, you see some of them saying cash only now. And the reason for the cash only That's is right. any, money, any money going into the bank, they're physically not getting that. Because they've all got so many overdrafts and so many bills. It's just coming right off. The bank manager's no kidding. He's hanging on to it. So they've got to try and get some cash in to try and pay the bill, to try and put food on the table. It's just beggar's belief that the government really need to move themselves. But they won't, because you and I both yep. know they're sitting up there, massive salaries every month, talk a good game, but no, they're not going to do anything. They'll play politics with it. I mean, by contrast, you know, the Welsh experience compared to the Scottish experience, you've got Welsh um, cab drivers who, uh, as I understand it, were getting uh, grants before Christmas of uh, in the region of £4,000. I mean, a reasonable amount of money and uh, a reasonable time to receive uh, some assistance. So I think we, it's yeah. a pity that um, we didn't do the same as the uh, as the uh, as the Welsh uh, have done for their uh, taxi drivers. And uh, and meanwhile, over the water uh, in Northern Ireland, we've got an interesting situation where, as I understand it, only half of uh, Northern Ireland's taxi drivers have claimed the emergency funds that are available. So um, <laughs> I can't imagine why, but only 50% no, no. roughly of Northern Ireland's taxi drivers uh, apply for the emergency support grant, which has been set up by the administration in, in Stormont. And these payments are in the region of £1,500 offered to drivers to help with their overheads following a considerable drop in business that they've experienced during the COVID-19 lockdowns. So more than 9,000 taxi drivers were eligible, but unbelievably, only about 5,000 applications were received. I don't know. I can't get my head around that. I would have thought that if there was 9,000 taxi drivers, there would be at least 9,000 applications. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I, I don't understand why there's not they're not queuing up for this. And saying that, I've also got to say, fifteen thousand, fifteen hundred pounds. You know, a drop in the ocean. You know, it's not even a month's salary. Everything helps, but you know, you've got to start talking the four and five thousand pounds minimum that you're giving to these drivers. You've got to come up with schemes to help the drivers. Councils have got to start writing off and saying, Do you know what. The next year or two, your plates are free, the testing's free. They've got to bring stuff to the party. They've got to come to the party. Also, I mean, don't get me wrong, the the offices that these are guys are running out here are suffering badly as well. And a lot of them are getting very, very little help. But the guys on the street, the guy in the, the, the coal face who's out there trying to make a few quid, they need to start coming up with some half-decent money for these guys. Whether they do or not, I don't know. I just often think politicians just talk politics and actually don't do very much. Where, where do you think it would be going? interesting to see what was behind the calculations? Yeah, I mean, you look at the uh, the comparison between, you know, the the just the three areas that we've been discussing here: Northern Ireland, Wales, and uh, and and Scotland. So in Northern Ireland, as we've just been discussing. Taxi driver is able to claim one-off grants of £1,500. So £1,500, you said a minute ago, you feel that's a drop in the ocean. So meanwhile, meanwhile, in Wales, grants of up to £4,000 are open to the sector. So there's quite a difference there. 
Yet in Scotland, and we've just been talking about the difficulty that um, that you know Harry has been experiencing, which is not untypical by any means. Taxi drivers in Scotland are being asked to apply for a one-off grant of only five hundred pounds. Five hundred pounds. Absolute joke. Absolute waste of time. Absolute waste of time. I'll do nothing for them. I mean, I know, I, I, I was speaking to a driver the other day who was telling me, he's sitting on the rank and he's waiting in his cab getting repossessed any day now. He's not paid the last four payments. He's not good the money to pay it. Driving 22 years, a new cab every four years. Never missed a payment till now. His credit file, I'll just read, don't lend this guy any money, he doesn't pay you. He's missed four payments. Um, the same with his insurance. His insurance chasing him for payments on his insuring the vehicle. And he's just, he says, I have absolutely no idea where we're going with this. Absolutely no idea. He says, I'm sitting here. I've never missed a payment. And, but my credit file, I know. He says, even if I went for a loan, one, I couldn't pay it back. And two, I probably wouldn't get it because my credit will be so bad. What did these guys do? So I mean, there's no easy answers to that. No easy answers to that at all. And and I mean, we're talking about the situation that affects uh, these 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 guys right now. But this is this is going to be affecting them for years and years to come uh, after oh, this. Yeah. When hopefully yeah. we get out the other side, you know, their their record is still going to be blemished, uh, and they are going to be paying the price for this for for many many years to come. I suspect. Well, one of the things I would say Not to you. Uh, Speaking to some people in the finance uh, business, I've said to them, you know, when you're looking at people's finances, whether it be business or individuals, you're going to have to write off these two years. You're going to have to look at their credit file back five, six years and say, yeah, they were good at paying all those times. There's two years where they struggled and missed payments. But you know what? There was a pandemic there. So we just need to ignore that. I know for a fact a friend of mine there was going for a mortgage. And he spoke to the guy and said to him, what are you going to do if I try to get a mortgage in the next three or four years? He says, because I've no earnings coming in now. He says, my accounts are going to look just as if I've not earned a penny for this two years. So there's a problem that everybody's going to have, not just the taxi trade. Although, yeah, taxi trade, when they go to try and renew vehicles, which we're going to come on to, I think, isn't it, the, the, this new renewing of the vehicles? It brings us on nicely to replacement of vehicles, older cars, um, you know, at a time when drivers can potentially least afford it. I mean, there are taxi and private hire drivers throughout the country that are uh, in dispute and and pleading to the best of their ability with um, council and local authority bosses to extend the licenses on vehicles that are beginning to age, um, and you know they've at the same time the drivers have seen their trade virtually wiped out by the coronavirus uh, pandemic and the the associated lockdowns. So there's there's one area we want to focus on uh, in particular, uh, which has been um, broadcast quite widely over the over the last week or so, which is um, an area called uh, Burton in Staffordshire where uh, taxi drivers have really gone to the gone to the the, the local authority because they they're in a situation just now 
where they've been forced to to change their their vehicles. So the the cab companies uh, have gotten together uh, to ask East Staffordshire Borough Council to extend their vehicle licences, which have frankly left many drivers you know very short of of, of money, um, looking for other jobs in some cases or having to work particularly long hours on a very low income. Um, so, you know, the, the last thing that they need just now is to be forced into uh, a position where they're they're having to replace their vehicles. So the licensing committee is now, as we understand it, considering the concerns of, of the group. Um, now, there was a letter uh, that was uh, generated um, among a group of 19 taxi companies across the East Staffordshire area who... I have to say, it's great to see them forming a bit of a, an alliance and, and working together. I'm sure they spent many years working uh, and, and competing against each other. But now that their backs are against the wall, you know, they're collaborating, which is uh, which is great to see. So, I mean, the, the details behind this are that currently private hire vehicles have to be replaced when they reach seven years old. Now, Hackney vehicles are slightly different. They have got a 10-year age limit. But the alliance that has been formed here is hoping to have uh, the approval to extend this by a further year to avoid drivers having to replace their cars in the current climate. I mean, we all hope that this is going to improve this uh, lockdown situation that we're all experiencing. We're hoping that that's going to ease soon. But the, the numbers that are predicted here that affect uh, the, the Burton area in particular are anticipated 90 private hire vehicles and 26 hackney carriage vehicles that would require, require to be replaced um, under the current licensing scheme. So that's 116 vehicles in total that these drivers are going to have to fork out for the replacement of. So... I don't know what the cost is going to be of that, but it's 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 quite considerable. The drivers don't want to spend the money. Um, I'm sure this is not necessarily good news for all the uh, the, the local taxi um, dealers in the in the area, but I'm sure they can they can show some sympathy. I think I think you're opening a, a can of worms there because um, first and foremost, the, the the guys kind of get the finance to get new cars at the moment because they're struggling to pay the vehicles I've got at the moment. Um, they, they just don't have the money. Even those that have paid off their car, they don't want to go and get into debt at the moment because they're not earning the money. The thing between the private hire and the Hackney, again, this has been brought to my attention on a number of occasions. Why is there such a difference? Why do you get 10 years at Hackney and seven years at a private hire? Now, from my understanding, um, a number of years ago, certainly in Glasgow, that when you had a black hackney, it was purpose-built for the job. Hence the reason then it could work as long as it wanted to work. There wasn't an age limit on it. Um, private cars had to change every seven years. Maximum you'd get out of that is a seven-year. But now the problem you've got there is the hackneys are no longer all purpose-built. You've got converted vans. So you've got... Uh, things like Mercedes and Fords. Now, I can be driving a Ford vehicle or a Mercedes van, um, what is it, Vito's, 
I could drive a vehicle mm-hmm. private yep. hire and have to change after seven years. You can be a hackney carriage and drive a Mercedes Vito, and in Glasgow you get as long as you like. In Staffordshire you're getting ten years for the same vehicle. Where, where, where's the? Someone explain to me why there's a difference there. There is no difference, none at all. It's a good there's point. It's Absolutely a very good point. None at all. Answers on yeah. a postcard. Yes, please. Answers to Facebook, please. Go <laughs> well to Facebook. And the other thing which I've heard of recently. And this would be a good piece of information for a number of people driving these um, hackney carriages, these converted vans, these Peugeots, these Fords, these Mercedes. Now, they've been, because of the price of the vehicle being over £40,000, they have been having to pay the higher road tax of the, the road tax plus the luxury car tax. But I believe there's a taxi driver, and I'll try and find out more about this. But I know of a taxi driver who went to the Inland Revenue and went to motor vehicle people and said, well, actually, this isn't a luxury vehicle. This is a converted van. A lot of the money was paid on the conversion. So it's not a luxury vehicle. So rather than pay £500 road tax, he's now paying the £150 road tax like everyone else. So it's something that you guys out there that are driving these vehicles maybe want to have a look at um, and have a word with your accountants and say to them, somebody look at this for me because this is not a luxury vehicle. But, yeah, without getting too deeply into the the age limit of the vehicles, the problem, the guys are back to the same old problem. We don't have the money just now to renew vehicles. You're going to have to give us some sort of extension on it. So I think that that seems like a, a fair request under the the circumstances um i mean william you have a a private hire company i mean what what's what do you have a a policy on age of vehicles what's what's your recommendation well yeah we generally change them over you know five years we've got seven years after about five years the difference that we find in the vehicle because we hire them out to drivers they will look after them as well as someone who owns the vehicle. Or if we've got a driver mm-hmm. that we put on a vehicle who's on it long term, he'll look after it. So you tend to look after your own vehicle much more than you would if you're driving for someone else. So some of these guys, yeah. and I've seen some of these guys that are coming into me saying, look at this car, seven years old, I've got to put it off. But the other side of that coin is you can go and buy yourself a four or five year old car, which, like my wife would have driven, probably lucky if it's done 20,000 miles. But you're still only getting to be seven year old before it's got to go off. In actual fact, you could run that for quite a bit longer. And again, the argument you've got there, no matter the age of a vehicle, if it passes a council test, surely it should be allowed to work. Surely mm-hmm. you should be allowed to work it. Now, I fully understand the tests have got to be strict, but they've got to be fair. And if your vehicle passes that, no matter what the age is of the vehicle, surely it should be allowed to go and work. Now, you can maybe say to the driver, listen, I'm giving you maybe an extra test every year, so you're going to have to do three or four tests a year because your car is seven, eight, nine-year-old. So we need to look at this. Um, but... 
obviously due to the fact you can't get financed, due to the fact you've not made any money for the last year, we're going to extend this for a year or two and allow you um, to drive your cars a bit longer until such times as we get back on our feet here. Because the taxi trade won't be back on its feet until nightclubs are opened up. Doesn't matter what anybody tells you. Doesn't matter about restaurants opening up and pubs opening up. Yes, it's a help. But until the nightclubs are opened up and you've got some sort of nightlife in any city centre and every taxi driver will tell you the same, that's where things really start happening. Everybody gets back to school. Everybody gets back to work. Nightclubs are opened up. Kids are going out of these nightclubs. That's when the taxi drivers will start getting back to where they are. But at this point, it's not looking like it. So councils have to come to their party, I think. Well, on the subject of drivers having to put their hands in their pockets um, at a time when their pockets are generally empty, we've got a similar story from uh, Craven in Yorkshire, where hard-up drivers are again being asked to pay for CCTV in this case. So taxis in the area will have to be fitted with CCTV systems by April for the protection of both drivers and passengers. The local district council had been due to make cameras mandatory back in September last year, but decided to defer it because of the coronavirus pandemic. So the council have decided that these uh, CCTVs have got to be fitted and the taxi driver's going to pay anywhere 450 to £600 for these um, cameras to be fitted. Just what a taxi driver needs right now, another bill coming their way. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Does anybody sit around this table with these councillors and say to them, are we living in the same planet here? Because these guys out there don't have any money to live, but you want to be paying another 600 quid to get a camera fitted. Just beggar's belief. Beggar's belief, these guys. It does, it does seem uh, a little bit over the top. And apparently uh, there was an online uh, meeting that was held um, by the, the council's licensing committee. And uh, apparently they did consider deferring this once again, um, at least until June, but um, they decided um, that uh, they had put it off uh, for long enough and uh, decided to enforce this. So, I mean, that's an online meeting I would have quite liked to have been yeah. a fly on the wall. I'm sure there would have been a great deal of entertainment there. I'd be interested to find out if there was anybody from the trade on that meeting to say to them, these are having a laugh, guys, aren't these? Why are you wanting us to try and pay? We don't. There's a guy telling you he's made 18 quid in eight hours. Where is he getting 600 quid from? It's just not going to harm. Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, these no, are it doesn't make any, any sense at all. These guys that are on these uh, licensing committees are supposed to be working class people. They're supposed to be businessmen, a good mix, but there's clearly nothing. There's none there that's got the balls to sit and say, listen, guys, we're wasting our time even discussing this. Taxi drivers don't have tuppence at the moment. They can't even put fuel in their vehicle. So, yeah, it's a bit like when, when this first happened, Glasgow put £10 onto a taxi test. Absolute joke. Mm -hmm. Absolute joke. Well, yeah, look, uh, I mean, I can understand that there's a little bit of pressure because, uh, you know, these CCTV um, systems are, are all about protection of, of both the driver and the passengers. But, and I can kind of understand that there's uh, 
some haste to get them installed uh, for the safety of everyone at the earliest opportunity. But you would think that there might have been some thought gone into uh, the fact that the driver simply can't afford that level of expenditure right now. And, And instead of forcing the drivers to do it, then maybe offer some financial assistance to them, uh, you know, whether that's sharing the cost or offering some sort of payment plan. I mean, I don't know if that's been um, discussed in this situation or not, but it, it does seem like just asking a driver to fork out between £450 and £600 is is <laughs> a step too far for most. Yeah, I think the other side of that coin is on one of many of the districts I've been in over the years, taxi drivers have been asking if it cameras into their vehicles and councils are always blocking it councils are having a discussion about it taking forever to come back then they're wanting certain kind of cameras and and i for the life of me do not understand why this is even involving the council i do not understand it one bit Uh, any other business you stick up a camera and you go on with your life and no one gets involved in it one thing i may help with the problem of going dundee yeah, <laughs> yeah. The um, the 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 fair dodging uh, in Dundee. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a definitely a big problem. I mean, we were we were really interested to to see this. Um, there has been um, a, a a closed a private social media group um, set up by uh, by drivers that have listed the the names some details including addresses descriptions and and i think sometimes even pictures of some individuals that have refused to pay for their trips i mean we've we we talk um at length about the difficulties that the trade has at the moment and jobs are few and far between so the last thing you need right now is to be doing jobs where the 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 fair dodgers do a runner at the end of the job so this is a an attempt that has been set up uh, just to uh, just to highlight those individuals um, that are uh, likely to, uh, to to be offenders and uh, and spread the word. So, I mean, a recent um, incident had seen uh, a taxi vandalised by a passenger on uh, the morning earlier this month. Another driver had been assaulted by a passenger, which was on uh, Boxing Day. I mean, it's it's about fair dodgers. It's I think it's generally about you know passengers that you don't want in your in the back of your your cab, uh, the people that will uh, be aggressive um, or just run away without paying you at the at the end of the job. So the local industry um, workers are saying that when these incidents occur, police can take days uh, to visit them uh, to take a statement. And it means that you're in a situation right now where the drivers often don't report these incidents to the police anymore. And this is an attempt that they've uh, they've come up with to try and spread the word amongst themselves about who these offenders and, and, and in some cases repeat offenders are so that they can be avoided in the first place. So it seems like a, a reasonable policy to me, uh, William, what what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I've been in the position where I've seen this happen and I went through it with guys. And to spend the time, maybe an hour, two hours in a police station, giving a statement, explaining what happened. And basically, the driver hears nothing after that. So all he's done is spend an hour or two of his life sitting giving this story to a police officer who, to be fair to them, if you're coming out from a block of flats or that, the chances are, 
you know, you're never going to get found again. Over and above that, when you're waving them down in the street, then the chances of finding you again are very slim. The police officer, I, I, I can imagine it's not top priority, you know, for the Police Scotland or any other police force to go and find somebody that's dodged a £10 taxi fare or something. Albeit to us, it's the end of the world is nigh at the moment um, because it's mm. constant, it's happening all the time. Yeah, I can understand why the guys are not even bothering to report it because it's just a waste of time. And they're probably, they know themselves when they're sitting on the rank talking to one another, you know, they'll say they've all reported one. Has anybody ever got their money? No, no one's ever heard any more about it. So they kind of get to the stage where you just say, don't bother with the police. So fantastic idea. They've came up with all the offices are joining in and saying to one another, listen, we picked up at this address, never get paid. Let's blacklist them. And yeah, it should be happening more often. Um, definitely happening more often than yeah. I think you've got um, you know, all sorts of technology now that that can help. You know, if you're a um working with a, a cab company that's uh that has a uh, booking and dispatch uh, system in place, there's every chance that it has the technology to be able to um, as far as possible to to block some of these uh, customers that you really don't want. But for smaller operators or individual operators, that isn't such a luxury. They can't afford to have that type of technology or they don't need that technology. So I think this, um, this again, is a good example of collaboration. Just drivers sharing with each other, you know, um, who um, who are potentially the uh, the customers to avoid? avoid yes, I think absolutely. that's also worth <laughs> just avoid avoid at all costs. But I think it's it's also important to to have a little bit of sympathy for the police. I know the police are um, uh, under resourced and trying to do uh, yeah, all sorts at the same that. time. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, uh, when it comes to prioritising work, which unfortunately they have to do, you know these. Um, you know, missing five pound fares, ten pound fares, are a fairly low priority. But I think yeah, it's worthwhile uh, saying that um, you know there is there is there is many occasions where the police have been able to help, and in fact, there's uh, this group alone um, came uh, to the conclusion that the police uh, were of of great assistance um, when I, I believe there was two young female passengers um, yes. who were. Uh, in, in in the back of a car, decided uh, that uh, they should uh, throw a, a bottle of uh, vodka at the car, smashing its um, its back windscreen. So, of course, the police were involved. And on that occasion, uh, the police did trace one of the girls and she agreed to pay um, costs, which I believe are about £270 to fix the, the window. Um, so, you know, sometimes they, they, they get a success. Whether or not they ever saw that £270 is another thing, but it's uh, at least they know um, who it was and uh, and they've taken some steps to make sure yeah, that, that person is Yeah, I think with the vandalising of the vehicle, absolutely, yeah. With the vandalising of the vehicle, there's a better chance because you've got a wee idea of who they are, where they are. They normally get a drink in them, so they're not running too far. It's the ones that are running away without paying their fare. Yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a big problem. So, uh, so well done to uh, to this group of uh, taxi drivers in uh, in Dundee. Um, I think it's probably fair to say that there are similar initiatives going on uh, throughout the country. But yeah. uh, this has been uh, getting quite a bit of publicity, and and hopefully, you know, it it will prevent. You know, word will get out that. 
um, you know, this sort of behaviour isn't tolerated, and uh, and you simply will not be able to get in a taxi if you if you conduct yourself in that manner. So hopefully, um, hopefully this uh, this type of behaviour becomes a thing of the past in the the not too distant future. From now, I think the, we're on to the uh, the final uh, section of the the show, which is covering uh, what's on in Scotland. We have the Scottish Taxi Expo, uh, which is going to be moved to May uh, 2021. I think the final date for that is is still to be uh, announced uh, at yeah. this point. So we'll uh, we'll come back with uh, more detail on that in the near future so that's uh may um a date to be announced but will be in uh the glasgow area uh we also have the uh private hire and taxi monthly uh, expo that's due to take place on the 19th and 20th of may this year 2021 uh that is going to be um hosted uh, in uh, milton keynes We've got the Scottish Taxi Private Hire and Chauffeur Awards, uh, which are currently scheduled for the 22nd of May this year. That's 22nd of, of May. Uh, that's likely to be uh, in Glasgow. We'll, uh, we'll keep everyone updated on that. And then we've got a couple of events. Uh, the 2021 um, LPH CA uh, National Forum that takes place on the 6th of July uh, in uh, Old Trafford, Emirates uh, Old Trafford in the Manchester area. And and then finally, the same group, um, LPHCA, have their 2021 Roadshow. That takes place on the 30th of September, which is a Thursday. Um, that's at uh, London Heathrow Marriott Hotel. Um, so I think that's the event so far. I think next time we'll have... Um, an opportunity to look at some of the uh, more global events that are taking place. So we'll cover uh, more of those in our next episode. Uh, but for now, I think I just want to uh, thank everyone for listening. Uh, and we'll be back in the next uh, two weeks with more uh, discussion. Uh, so we want this discussion to be more um, two-way. So please feel free to uh, reach out to us, whether that's leaving comments, uh, leaving feedback, ideas or suggestions, please feel free uh, to leave that on our Facebook page. And when we come back in future episodes, in the near future, we have a, a specific uh, feature covering electric and hybrid vehicles. So get in touch with us if you've got any questions about electric vehicles or hybrid vehicles. Um, so, you know, the, the, the frequently asked questions that you might consider when you're uh, considering purchasing something like that, get in touch and, uh, and we'll uh, ask the, the questions. So you can find us on uh, our Facebook page by searching Cab World. So that's it for me. Um, any okay. final words, William? No, I'm happy with that. Okay, um... that's, that's up. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, guys, and speak to you then.